There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 everyone. That is the voice of your Yonko host for tonight, Dr. Jace Attorney. And it's been a hot minute since we've had some One Piece greatness back on this pod. For those of you that have been sticking with us for our One Piece Chronicles segment, goodness gracious, uh, it's been a solid four weeks for uh, it's been a while it's been a minute since our last one piece coverage uh in terms of our one piece chronicles for those of you that listen to us we've been covering the one piece manga as well as it's been releasing these last several weeks but in terms of recapping the magic of some of the older one piece arcs uh our last foray into this was the ending of water seven and that's been some time ago but we are back into the game because we are here to talk about the glorious arc that is known as Thriller Bark, uh, an arc that is somewhat divisive in the One Piece community uh, for elements that are both really good in Thriller Bark and elements that people didn't really want to see again in One Piece. Uh, but we are going to deep dive everything Thriller Bark has to offer with this pod. But I am not alone in this deep dive. With me, as always, is fellow Yonko, Grandmaster Hoop. Grandmaster Hoop, do you think the docking station is going to make its way back into the final saga of One Piece? Oh my gosh, yes. Ew. That'd be so funny. And what? if they actually take it seriously, that would be hilarious. <laughs> so what, is Jimbe going to be like the chest piece now well, you, like, put, you put everybody on jimbei's shoulders or who's bigger jimbei or frankie i don't know i guess but... part two jim part two frankie would be bigger than wait Jim a Bay. minute i'm so sorry why are we talking about thriller bark as the good nino desposado has said nothing happens here oh nothing happened is that what we're doing yeah why are nothing we talking happened. about thriller bark we're here to talk about the nothing that did not happen on this arc nothing right happened right nothing happened exactly well we got to explain why nothing happened <laughs> sure i guess uh but as grandmaster who pointed out we are not alone in this deep dive of thriller bark we have supernovas here to join us today call me kame chris it's the one the only nino desplazado and all right let's get into it now Thriller Bark, uh, I kind of want to feel the room a little bit, you know, because everyone has a different opinion about this arc. Uh, it's often referred to as a palate cleanser arc because, of course, it comes after the glorious Water 7 saga, you know, any slobby arc. And uh, it comes right before uh, the buildup to what many consider uh, the best arc in One Piece, which is the Paramount War and everything that leads up to it, like Impel Down and, you know, Amazon Lily, all that stuff. But but that's that's ahead of the game. Right now we're talking about Thriller Bark. How does Thriller Bark as a whole stand with you guys? Are you guys like, oh, my God, this is some of Oda's best work, hands down, in One Piece? Or is it kind of like... It was fun. It was fine. Let's move on. 
I think I think it's good. I think it has some good elements. I think it was necessary because I think <laughs> there needed to be some time between like um, what's it called, uh, Ennis Lobby and Sabodi, which we'll see. Because that, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone would have survived reading week to week. Um, going from Ennis Lobby, and then the next thing you see is Sabodi. Like I don't think anyone would have would have been able to function. I think this arc was very necessary, and especially because of the outcomes of this arc. This arc, there's a lot of things that happen at the end of this arc that are very important to the story. And and this is what I always hear about Thriller Bark. Regardless of your opinion on the meat of Thriller Bark people always gravitate towards its ending. The ending of Thriller Bark is, it's heavy stuff. It's its some good One Piece content. Uh, it's just everything you have to get through to get to that point. And again, you know, I, I like Thriller Bark. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and hate on Thriller Bark saying like, <laughs> oh my God, terrible, terrible arc. Oh God, I wish we skipped it. Um, but it, it is one of the lesser arcs of One Piece where it's kind of like it's its own secluded adventure. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of like Skypea, Skypea 2.0 in a way where it's like, it's a secluded adventure that I feel like Oda was testing the waters on. What do my fans want to see? Do they want to see world moving events like any Slavi and Water 7? Or do we do we still want to see some arcs where they just go on a silly adventure like Skypea? Skypea was a silly adventure in the sky. Until it, wasn't. Until, <laughs> Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't, right. Until it wasn't. And Thriller Bark, for I would say... 80 to 90 percent of it was just a silly adventure in in halloween town there there is a some there's a lot of heart in thriller bark i think people forget the heart that is in thriller bark and i'm going to point it out as it comes up okay. but I, I think thriller bark is necessary as far as yeah you just did this whole saga water seven it was a lot it was heavy like let's just take a break and it is very similar to skypea but it's like, just give us time to get to know Frankie with the crew. Uh, you know, give us time yeah. to, you know, see how they're interacting. But also, it it does expand the world. We meet, I mean, uh, I guess, I don't know, foreshadow. We meet two Shikubai here. Uh, so. Shikubai. Yeah. No, it, Shichibukai. Shichibuchi, Shichibukai. Go ahead, meet, sound it out. We meet, we meet two warlords here. <laughs> and we do. We do. It, and if anything, Thriller Bark is just the last chess piece they needed to set before the next saga. I think so too. I think, and I I have to um, shout out Totally Narc Mark because his review of Thriller Bark is really good. Um, if you have after this, after you're done eating here and you're still hungry for dessert, you know, go go check out Totally Not Mark's review because he has some really good valid criticisms. Um, of it, which I'll mention like when we get to them, but he did mention something about and uh, um, the art style kind of changes a little bit in this art. Um, it's more cartoony, more Halloweeny. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like he compared it to like Scooby Doo uh, almost a little bit, which is a lot of elements of Scooby Doo. Here there because, is, there is. Yeah, and I just have to admit because I'm on, I'm already on this page i'm already on one of the pages 
where ever so slightly, Nami's hair is getting longer um, since the East Blue. I think this arc is necessary because it really does show that time has passed. I know a lot of things in One Piece, especially when we got to the New World, it was just things were happening. You know, there was boom, one boom, arc boom, that boom. was one of the biggest arcs in the saga, and it's only one day. And it's kind of like, what? You're telling me one day? So that's true. I think it's necessary to show that they're they're probably having adventures off screen. They're probably, you know, they have they're having time with each other, and this is kind of showing how it's developed. So I really like that Oda is hinting that time is passing very slowly, but time is passing for the characters. They're getting used to each other. They're getting used to the Thousand Sunny. And this is kind of the arc that shows how they've progressed since any lobby. The, um, there's a line that's mentioned in the beginning of the next arc. And I, and I won't get into it too much. But to, to go to your point on how much time has passed, there's a character that the crew met in the East Blue. And one of the characters basically comments, oh, my God, we haven't seen him in a really long time. And it's just something to show, wow, you know what? Literally, it's been a long time since that time happened uh, in East Blue. And for the characters, it to them, it, it was also a long time as readers and the actual characters. So I do agree that at this point in the story, Oda does a pretty good job of like emphasizing like there is time passage uh, for these characters. These are not the same people uh, from day one in like the, the you know, Don Craig arc with the, with the Barate. It's not. It's not. Um, but, uh, yeah, Thriller Bark. So, uh, before getting into Thriller Bark proper, there's a very significant fight that goes down right before Thriller Bark's, um, you know, uh, it's, it's introduction, right? You could consider this either the end, like the epilogue of epilogues to, um, uh, Water 7, or you could consider this like the, the very, very beginning of, uh, thriller bark if you want to go by the volumes logic technically volume 46 right right here right this bad boy is the first volume of thriller bark and the first chapter of this arc is blackbeard versus ace and this fight is very important because it kicks off a lot of the things that are going to happen after thriller bark um so specifically with this fight, one thing I found really interesting is uh, the whole concept of Blackbeard's devil fruit. We never really got to know what Blackbeard's goal was in, you know, killing uh, his what? His division commander and the Whitebeard pirates. We just know he killed them. He stole a devil fruit and he bailed. And Ace is tasked with um, uh, hunting him down. Actually, I think I think Ace was the division commander. Ace was the Ace was his division, right? No, 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 no. Was he? I thought no, that was no, the reason. I think well, he okay, is because right. that was the right. reason yeah. why why Ace was like it's my responsibility because he was under my watch. He killed Blackbeard. Killed a crewmate under my watch, under my command. I'm like, yes, um, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Blackbeard okay. was under Ace's command. Okay. Right. And yeah, and he, because they, they said it when they met up a couple chapters ago. They're like, oh, you want to join my crew? He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> go ahead, no, go ahead, do it, do it. <laughs> I love Blackbeard's laugh, man. He's one of my favorite. Fucking clown. Can't Thatch. He killed Thatch. That's his he name. Killed Thatch. And um so so we get to see what devil fruit that was. And it's the yami yami no me the dark dark fruit it is a darkness devil fruit and there's just certain things about the devil fruit that is really cool when you consider it's like category so for example it's considered a logia type no calling bs on that it's, right no, now. but but you know what's okay nino why why do you call bs because i, I what is your understanding of what a logia type is go ahead okay because yes it fits on paper it fit, uh, that's what Oda's telling us. Like, oh, this is just another devil fruit. This one's darkness, and all the Logias we've seen are fire, lightning, sand, like elements. But I'm calling BS because this is not the first time, and it won't probably know, won't be the I last time. I know what you're saying. I know what you're doing. That Oda is like throwing inconsistencies within the logic that he has, within the rule set that he's usually very strict about. So, That's you know, true. it's, I'm just saying that I know that we can't speculate because I think that's for more of like, when, if, if when we do the episodes where, you know, Blackbeard comes up again, um, like in the more recent episodes, like week to week, I'm definitely going to bring this up that if we see him again, I'm going to be like, hmm. We're going to see him again. Yeah. If it talks like a duck and quacks like a duck, but they say it's a goose, it's probably a duck. <laughs> I mean, it, it's very true. Uh, you know, it's there are devil fruits that Oda classifies early on as as him saying, this is a paramecia devil fruit. That is the law. And then turns out hundreds of chapters later, he's like, but did I really say that? Mm. I think and it's purposeful misdirection. Purposeful misdirection. It's, um, it's, it's an established thought, established idea. And then he says, but what if it wasn't truly established? What if the characters that I've created were actually flawed in their classification system? So, you it know. could be it could be a, a a misidentification on on his own part. It could be, because uh, because what it's it, it's a logia type, or at least that's what he's calling it. It's a logia he is type. darkness. He is darkness. Uh, however, it's 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 a logia type with an asterisk, a very very big asterisk. Um, Blackbeard does not become darkness itself. Uh, similar to all our other Logia types. You know, you got Crocodile, he becomes sand. Uh, Enaru, he becomes uh, lightning. Crocodile, does, I'm sorry, uh, Blackbeard does not become darkness. He is still, you can still touch Blackbeard. Blackbeard does not become darkness itself. However, it's a very interesting devil fruit because what? It, it can, um, it has gravity into its kit it could suck in like like a black hole it has those elements as well but it also is it sucks in things in a literal sense too blackbeard takes damage he sucks in damage because of his fruit and it gets amplified a lot more than how it traditionally would be felt so if someone were to punch uh like like ace if ace were to punch blackbeard and he did not have the yami yami no me. It, it would probably hurt. You'd be like, ow, that, that stung. Why would you do that? 
when he eats the yummy yummy no meat and Ace punches him in the face, this man will be screaming on the floor. It amplifies the damage that is taken. At the same time, it almost acts acts like hockey in a way because it negates devil fruit powers as well. And there was a long-standing theory until very, very recently that Blackbeard did not know how to use hockey because his devil fruit basically negated devil fruit powers. Um, and it turns out that that is not the case. I was I was going to be shocked if Blackbeard did not know hockey at this point in the story. Um, but uh, yes, Blackbeard has a devil fruit that negates um, other devil fruit powers, and that's how he fights against Ace. Did you guys like this fight? Uh, was it you know kind of just standard? Like, all right, it's it's cool, it's nice, it's um, different. Anime wise, and I'm sure Kame Chris can speak to this too. I mean, it it's not the like the best looking fight or choreographed fight, which is fine, but it's like as a reader or as a watcher, you think Ace has this fight in the bag, and then you realize, oh shit, he doesn't. And so it's kind of, you know, this rug pull where it's like, you know, our heroes, our protagonists are always safe. And watching this, you're like, oh, he's not safe. He might be fucked. Well, um, you see, here's here's the issue. Um, Ace ate the the flame flame fruit when he should have eaten the the main character main character fruit. Because this is <laughs> oh not about goodness. oh goodness. About, <laughs> here we go. This is about um Monkey D Luffy, if I remember correctly. I mean, you're so, not wrong, but again, Ace has been built up to this point to be quite strong, you know. Uh, and it's a big deal when he gets beat. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it was like, nobody is safe. Even like, you know, I, I think up until this point, you, we haven't watched, you know, a relatively good character, like morally good, lose. Oh my, you know what? This is, I'm, mm, mm. this is this chapter, the ending of this chapter, you know, is very reminiscent to one of the more recent chapters um also involving uh you know you could say that he's a brother of some kind um because the narrator or an off voice that doesn't have a body is explaining what's happening and saying oh you know and in this time it's the narrator saying this event will shake up the entire pirate world and in the other chapter the more recent chapters it's you see the thing that shakes up the entire pirate world but it's a more of a cover-up it you know it, it just rhymes it's like poetry hmm. yes mr lucas <laughs> um i mean for sure the narrator at the end of this chapter because you don't you don't get to see the conclusion of this fight at least not yet um ace is just getting very ace is up against a wall as grandmaster hoop said and we're gonna see him go all out potentially but you don't see the conclusion of this fight and you get the narrator basically saying you know the conclusion of this fight is going to shake up the pyro world and it it damn well did it had this fight not happened we would not get the subsequent arcs that happened up until the the time skip in one piece because if this fight did not happen we wouldn't have the rest of one piece right as we know it right it would be an entirely different story it would be very different yes it would 
very oh my god hugely different goodness and he did not he did not throw around that phrasing lightly like he was being like you know sometimes oh uh people say oda like um bait hypes uh like he's like oh i'm gonna say this and try to like you know hype up people because it's really not something that's gonna happen he was being serious here did this change the world of one piece and it damn well did um but uh uh blackbeard has a very interesting devil fruit uh gets expanded on a little bit as time goes on and uh that's basically all we get with blackbeard versus ace um at that point we shift gears back into luffy and the crew the straw hats they're heading they're heading towards the florian triangle uh lady kokoro basically gave them a fair warning before heading off saying you know your next stop is fishman island technically but to get to fishman island you have to sail through the florian triangle and it is a place where ships go missing uh unknown creatures roam those waters and it's a spooky place it is very spooky and i think oda wanted to test some waters here to see you know what what's something zany i i can do in this arc um because the first thing they find is basically like a barrel shoots up a flare in the middle of the water and that of course is attracting someone else to come in and basically grab the straw hats but before that someone else comes in right they sail past a ghost ship and everything's very spooky the atmosphere is chilling and the introduction of one of my favorite straw hats is coming in grandmaster what does he say what's his first line go ahead sorry go ahead and it's a very grim setting because he's it's just super a skeleton. slow it's yeah super, it's it's super slow and like it's super spooky. scary it's, yeah, like, it's, scary. Oh, oh. it's like what is that? and i think he, i think he turns and looks at them yes <laughs> yeah usopp is shitting bricks <laughs> No, all of them. No, all of them is like mouth to the floor when they're looking at him. It's 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 funny because it's basically a giant ass ship with this spooky ass skeleton. I mean, it's funny too because they hear they hear the song first and they're like, "Oh my god, that's a ghost ship!" Like, who's singing that? And it's funny because they look and they see someone on the ship, but they can't tell what it is. And like, it starts zooming in slowly. It looks at <laughs> Chopper first. And these guys, I mean, it's these guys are scared like to the bone. Oh, uh, the poem. <laughs> <laughs> like this is just so funny. These guys are petrified, and um, funny enough, they send the crewmates that are not scared to go investigate this ship. They send off Luffy, Sanji, uh, Chopper, and, and Usopp ain't going on that. <laughs> hell, <are> not, no. <laughs> hell no, hell oh, no. Um, but you know the 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 tone. Well, they drew lines. They drew lines. They drew. Yeah, lines. I was gonna say they drew they drew sticks. <laughs> They drew sticks. I feel like even if they did uh, draw like the 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 crappy end of those sticks, Usopp and Chopper are gonna try and weasel their way out. They are not going on that ship. Um, but the tone shifts very quickly because um, Usopp, I'm sorry, uh, Nami, um, Sanji, and Luffy they board the ship, and immediately, without hesitation, they get introduced to 
the very uh, prim and proper Brooks. I, I, he has a very nice introduction. He's he's all happy. He's he's nice. He's polite. Kind of pervy, very pervy, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's a major perv. He's definitely a major perv of the series and for I, sure. And I think this is we can begin the critique of this is where Oda really started being a little too pervy. Uh, there are always moments because this is a a shonen, and unfortunately, shonen uh, mangakas have a bad tendency, and Japanese cultures suited this way where they're like oh teenage boys you know what they need sexualization of women <laughs> and it's just it's just humor that i don't think lands well i've gotten used to it but the first one of the first things he says is may i look at may i take a look at your panties excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i will <Two> admit <laughs> i will admit even as a kid i i, I never found like perviness in characters like all that funny um i kind of like some of their other quirks like that is one of the first words that he exchanges with Nami. He notices her beauty. He's like, oh my God, you're you're actually quite beautiful. You're quite attractive. Can can I take a look at those? Can, can I please take a look at those uh, undergarments? And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. It, has, it is literally one panel. It is one panel from his introduction. And he immediately just starts asking these questions. Um, what were you saying, Grandmaster? Were you going to defend Brooke? I'm, I'm not defending the perviness. No, I'm not a fan of it either. I was just going to say he does start with the whole, you know, he's a skeleton. So he makes this is his shtick. He makes a bunch of like idioms about, you know, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like he says, uh, uh, I met eyes with you before if i had eyes <laughs> like stuff like <laughs> stupid stuff like that because he's just and he makes them he's funny he's, he's a comical funny. character does the perviness come off as great form of comedy no but he's a he's a he's a he's a he's not an evil skeleton um he's very likable uh especially very to likeable. luffy luffy really likes him he thinks he's funny he thinks he's like the coolest thing, a talking skeleton with an afro. It is freaking awesome. Um, I love it. The first thing that Luffy says, and I think this this is quality writing. Luffy, the first thing he asks after, you know, busting a gut says, do you still have to poo? <laughs> do you still have to? <laughs> and he says it with like one of the, what do you call it? One of the most like innocent faces that you could say it. He looks he's like curious. He's curious. <laughs> he wants to know, like, what? How does this work? Do you have to go and, to the bathroom? Like, and the, and then you see Sanji like just berating him, and then Brooke actually answers that he in fact does poo. BS. Completely. I don't think he poops. BS. Yeah, I don't think he poops. <laughs> he, uh, according to him, he does. But uh, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't believe that. Picks or it didn't happen. Yes, picks. I need to see picks. Right. Um, Not that I want to see pics of Brooke pooping, but it's just a skeleton. There's nothing wrong, right? Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but immediately following that, you know, it, it's funny because Sanji, as as Nino said, he starts berating Luffy, saying, "We have so many more questions before something stupid like that, like who are you? Why are you here? Why are you alone on this shit? Like, you know." logical questions to ask in a situation like this and instead of him uh brooke giving an answer or luffy following up on it luffy literally says and it's two panel devotion i love these from oda he says never mind all that d 
do you want to join my crew? Oh, I'd love to. Yo, like right there, right then and there. Bam, new crew member. We just got Frankie. We just got Frankie. That is insane. I heard someone say, and um, I'm not going to mention them, but their their opinions uh, have been a little polarizing, to say the least. But they were saying that this was a, a gag from Oda. And like, of course, and I was like, huh? Because now looking back on it, this is a two-page spread where one side of the page says, do you want to join my crew? And the other side says, I'd love to. I don't know. I don't know how more on the nose Oda could be with that. What? So this person was basically saying that it was initially a gag that Oda wasn't yes. serious. Oh yeah, no, that Oda BS. wasn't serious about about Brooke and that he was trying to like be like, haha, it's just a joke throughout the entire arc until the end where he like earns Luffy's. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I really don't know about this. I, I wouldn't call it a gag. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't no. call it a gag. Hooper it, TV pointed this out. He said the way, you know, it was very traditional in the East Blue Saga, how a crewmate would join. And then uh, same thing with Chopper as well. But then from Robin, everybody has a very interesting arc when it comes to joining the different. crew. Yeah, They're all very different. So this is like the first time. Well, not the first time. I guess Zoro was like the first one. He's like, hey, I heard about you. Join my crew. You know, uh, but Brooke, yeah, right off the right off rip. You didn't think he would be asking this guy to be part of his crew. You're right. We did just meet Frankie. So it's like, damn, another crew member like that. And right. And well, and they kind of well, they kind of like, I mean, like do gag it in a way because right it, after that, they're like. They're like, oh no! <laughs> he was like, well, I can't because I don't have a shadow. So, um, yeah, I can't go in the sun. So I'm no good. So then it's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, how serious was that? Like in the anime, there's it it's not like a whole panel. Like it's not like it's oh, a yeah, moment, yeah, but you know, be. it's yeah. So it's like it's a moment, but it's not like um, I don't know. Like right when he said he didn't have a shadow, it was just like, oh, well, I don't even know if to take this seriously or he like, why would we even have him on the crew? But then as the story progresses, you're like, okay, of course. See, I, think, I think I think that's the beauty of it is that it it seems like it's going to be a gag. And then you really just don't know how what's going to happen. And and to build off of uh, like what what we're talking about this. Um, Oda, Oda had Thriller Bark planned for a good minute. Um, this is some background knowledge with Thriller Bark. Uh he knew that he wanted to have a song for a very special character that was going to make his debut in Thriller Bark before Thriller Bark was going to happen. And he wanted this song for both the manga that he was going to draw and the anime to the point where he was in the middle of any slobby. It was either any slobby or Water 7. And he reached out to an anime composer. I, I can't remember the name, but it was a very famous anime composer in the industry. And he asked this composer, hey, um, I'm in the middle of an arc right now, but there's an arc coming up where a character is going to be introduced. And 
I want to have a song for this character rather than me like making it up on my own and then for the anime to then go back and try to add like, you know, the melody and all that. Um, can you make the melody and then I add like the lyrics and how the song flows and whatnot. So Oda wanted to make a song, a very important song. And, and funny enough, um, he said, he, he told this composer, um, you know, you have a year to put this together because I am about a year away from getting to Thriller Bark. This man did not get to Thriller Bark from this moment until four to five years later. So that kind of puts it to perspective. He had this planned four to five years before he got to Thriller Bark. To say that Oda was not serious about having Brooke join the crew at this point, I call major BS. He reached out to an anime composer to draft something that is whimsical and musical so that it can be played in the anime for this character. Like it, th this is heavy. And then, you know, even uh, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but there's an actual like two page spread of the song, like the full Binx's brew song that, that the characters sing. And it has like it has the rhyming, it has the flow. It, it's a real song. It's and a beautiful song. It's a very beautiful song. I, I, if you know, I know a lot of people are mangas, manga readers only. I highly implore you to watch the Binks's Brew. Like, like listen to it. It's Come out. Have you listened to it? Yes, I listened to Binks's Brew. Oh, I thought there was. I remember a time you had not listened to it before. I think it was because I didn't recognize the name. I know what Brooks's song is. So I just was like, you, right? You I, can call it Binks's Brew or Bink Bink No Sake. Maybe I remembered it as Bink No Sake. Yeah. Um, but I, I I had heard of Binks's Brew before. Um, it, it, it Brooks's literal theme for joining the crew. Um, but uh, of course, as we said, Brooke is not ready to join the crew yet. He has a shadow taken away they all they all ask him hey what well i mean what do you mean how does that make sense you got a shadow missing and he informs them that the shichibukai that stole his shadow was none other than gecko moria gecko moria we're already on to another warlord of the sea and i don't i don't think it's at this point that he tells them anything about um like his background, right? He he, he doesn't tell them. No, no, yeah. no, no. We no. don't learn okay. that till okay. a little later. Yeah, we just know. Yeah, he doesn't have a shadow. Okay. He has to stay in that oak that ocean because of the fog, and you know the sun. There's no sun that shines through there. He mentioned and that he died. Like like he ate a devil fruit, right? The he does mention the devil fruit. He mentioned because he has yeah. to explain why he's a skeleton. Right, and he mentions yeah he ate the fruit. Um, it's the, what is it the revive vibe fruit it just yeah. revives him yep it just revives right. you basically He's, a one-up right so yeah that's 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 it uh and then and then what uh, what was the reason why he's a skeleton though like his his soul got because he's in the florian triangle when he died his soul could not find its way oh back. right it doesn't make well it doesn't make you a skeleton but his body had decomposed right that's what it is because he could um, not find it again i think it was what he recognized the afro and he's like there's my body 
Yeah, look at the afro. Oh, look at oh, but <laughs> I've been missing. <laughs> I couldn't find it. I think he couldn't find it for a couple years. Uh, yeah, so it something was, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, right here. My spirit wandered around in search of my body for an entire year. So <laughs> naturally, it would just be bones. Which is kind of a bad stereotype that they did there because there was a thing that um like afros last longer like it's some like uh like because it's so kinky so then it, but that's not obviously real because if you decompose your hair will be lost too so it's kind of like oh this is yeah another uh, another, it, another uh, insensitive <laughs> stereotype on the yeah. afro <laughs> well yeah, i mean I like, they, they even like, they, right. they even address it though because zoro says like i i've never se- i've never heard of a skeleton with with hair before that doesn't make any sense and then and then brooke literally says uh well well i just had very strong follicles see that's it. and yeah that's and i was gonna get there yeah uh, yeah <laughs> strong and, and, and then but like and then even then zoro's like that still doesn't make any sense that's yeah it, it make- does it <laughs> um, they're pushing it they're <laughs> who's, who's the real racist here right <laughs> zoro's put on <laughs> Oh man. Um but uh yeah, from there he just basically mentions the whole, you know, if he goes out into the sunlight, that's why he's stuck here. Um it, if he goes out into the sun, he's going to wither away, disappear into dust because he needs his shadow. Those who do not have their shadows are forever shunned away from the sun. <laughs> uh so he needs his shadow back and if he gets his shadow back, that's when he would be more than willing to join the crew. Um, so that's when they immediately notice, I think, uh, I think one of the ghosts from Perona's, uh, yes, a pro- yes. We'll, we'll meet her later. One but, of her um, ghosts pops up. One of her ghosts pops up in the ship and they're like, yo, what the hell is going on here? This is spooky. And then they realize, holy crap, this is not good. We are in Thrilla Bark. We're now captured by Thriller Bark. And then it's revealed the barrel that they found earlier in the uh, arc, the one that shot the flare into the sky. That was a trap so that Thriller Bark can come in, snatch up the boat, and now they're stuck on the island. So we're now on Thriller Bark proper. Uh, I think this is where Brooke is like, I don't want you guys to die. I'm going to go venture off and find my shadow. And then he does that little scurry thing on the water where he's, I like his little run. It's, it, it's cool. It's funny. He's, he's like, it's like, um, like, like Looney Tune, like running animation thing where he's like skidding on the, on the water. And he, and they're saying, wow, he's running on water. And his logic is, oh, well, I'm, I'm really light. Cause I, because I'm all bones. Yo. Oh God. <laughs> One thing I will say, um, there's a lot of things that I don't like in English dub. Brooke is not one of them. I really like Brooks's uh, English dub uh, voice actor. Uh, yeah. His name is escaping me, but he also Sinclair. does. What Sinclair? Ian, Ian Sinclair. Ian Wait, you Sinclair. Don't like the, you don't like the Japanese voice actor? No, 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 no. I mean, like for English dub, there's usually a, lo- a lot of English dub that I don't like and that's just because i don't get the same like feeling of the character from them brooke brooks's english dub is not one of them i i like brooks's english dub obviously as well as his uh japanese voice actor but um i thought it's kind of cool that they got like weiss the guy who voices weiss to voice brooke it i hear he he was doing brooke before he did weiss 
but it, it sounds literally like it's like it sounds like verbatim exactly like uh which is later Weiss, but or, or yeah i guess at that point it's like wait is does we sound like brooke or does brooke sound like we well i am team i think brooke is black brooke is black right <laughs> yes brooke is black the, yes the actor is yeah, white i guess oh we're going with that <laughs> i'm that just saying i'm just saying i'm just saying good i'm just saying well to be fair you don't know that he's black until he gets his backstory like correct. later correct um so i mean there's Which i that. guess i'm happy they gave him melanin i guess he's melanated baby um whatever it's little 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 tiny gripe not that big of a gripe the voice actor is so good don't get me wrong really really good um at that point uh it's time to explore thriller bark you know, I think what it's like Nami, um, on Nami Usopp Chopper, right? They're, they're the ones that venture off into the into Thriller Bark. They they go on the um one of the docking stations from they the sunny. The, the little Mary. The little Mary, Mini Mary. Mini. Mary. I like that. That was oh, nice. that was beautiful. That was very nice. Good job, Frankie. He knows the history. Yeah, yeah, that was just well, really nice. Well, no, it was because Nami went in on him and uh, cursed him out because he like made something else, and she was like, "What are you doing? You know, oh, you he, could use enough." He used something else. He uh, like touched her wave runner from Skypea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then oh, what right. he made was that. Right, that's true. He, he cares. He's earning. He cares that that's some good crew points right there for right. Frankie. Yeah, he was official at that. I mean, he was official before this, but he is more than official uh, now. This is someone you can rely on. Granted, um, I forget why. Why did those three go? That was a weird. They drew lots again, didn't they? Oh, they did. did. They draw lots again. Uh, I don't remember who, wh how exactly they determined it. I, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it, it, it's not too important. I mean, these well, are the I'm first ones. Those three are the but most if we don't scared. know this one very specific detail, how will we understand the inner machinations that Oda was trying to portray? I don't know, no. Grandmaster. Tell us. We're good. Tell We're us. Good. I just tell I thought it, I thought it was interesting because those three are like the most scared. So you're bogging us down. You're I'm not. We're good. Us. We can move on. Uh, they were all happy that the Mary came back. They're happy so, that the Mary came back. So one one thing I do want to point out, um, like up until this point, that was happening a lot in this episode. They were eat like they were eating a lot. Like I don't know if you guys ever noticed in these moments, but they are like eating down. Like food is so important Abundant. every time they like have those moments where it's like right before they go somewhere, or even like they just take a rest, like. It's just just the descriptions that Sanji gives about certain food. I'm like, why is it like, you know, they just really get and in, dig into food itself, but they don't really like uh, expand on it too much. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like that big of a deal, but they do make it a big deal in those moments. Just want to yeah, throw that out they, there. They, 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 yeah, well, but wait a minute. Food's not that important right now. Not until the Food Emperor saga. Hold up. I would just like to point out to Chris's point. You know, Sanji makes everybody's dish like um, what they like, you know? Oh, he does? Majority of the time, Sanji will make specifically what they like. Unless exactly. it's like, um, you know, unless it's like 
uh, this is what we're eating type of deal. He He's very much he'll make what everybody enjoys, which is something to point out, I think, to add to the point. It's not that everybody's just it's not that everybody's eating. Everybody's eating what they want to eat, too. Oh, like when they're eating dinner with Brooke and they actually have like a table set up. Is, mm -hmm. is, is that what you mean? No, he's saying like um, he's cooking specifically what they want. And it's not yes. like uh, any uh, restrictions or like he's not make any ultimatums oh, okay. or anything about it. He's, he used to like, do that. He used to yeah, do that. Yeah, okay. he does that for like everybody specifically, especially like Nami or Robin. Like it's always something he he always caters to everybody specifically in a very right you know nice way no that's that's important to point out because uh there's there's some implications of food later on in the story that uh that we'll get into when we get into it um but yeah so uh usop nami chopper they go off to explore it's not even like two seconds they start screaming it's like okay, <laughs> I that there's a problem right there. They they're either kidnapped, lost, they're getting attacked. The arc is starting proper, um, and it's not a one piece arc unless the unless the crew splits up. It, they always got to split up, whether all individually or in group A versus group B. It ain't a one piece arc unless everyone's off doing their own thing. Um, well, it's it's good to have you know pairings. You know, see right. how Cause it's you could, fun. You could have, you know, uh, a certain, you know, uh, theme of the plot progressing with one group. And then you have another one progressing with another group. And that's that's exactly what happens. Because as soon as they leave, uh, uh, Luffy, Sanji, and the rest that stayed on the ship, they're experiencing their own problems. All of a sudden, this is where Oda kind of kind of lost me with how weird he was starting to be in this arc and it's like oh Oda, come on come uh, on Nico robin gets licked by an invisible thing come on now just well, slobbered he, over he plays with everybody he takes Zoro's sword pulls luffy's cheeks and then yeah this was uh uncomfortable for everybody i think it was just weird. And of course, it, it, gets, gets, worse. Worse. it, it gets, worse. gets worse. It definitely it, gets worse, right? It's and, and I mean, listen, you don't see because you know th this invisible man is none is known uh as Absalom, right? Everyone's favorite Absalom. Oh He's invisible. God, you're right. Yes. You're right. Oh, this makes it a hundred times worse. It man. makes it a hundred times worse because we know what type of character he is. And I mean, he's invisible. You can't see it. But when he's looking, Robin, there's slobber going into certain areas. And I'm like, Oda, God damn it, man. <laughs> Why? Like, thankfully, it's only a panel. It's one panel. And it's like, all right, let's. It's worse in the anime. You think it's bad. Is it worse in the anime? How is Comic it? Yes, it's very creepy. What? It's, it's very so creepy. bad. As in, you... he does more than that? Or like, no, he, no he... it's just. Like they, like they exaggerate the pinning of Robin's arms and how right. she can't move. Jesus, my God! And why? So Oda, Oda was tamed then, I guess. Jeez, man, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's just like you don't have when you have characters like this. You don't have to go all the way like that. Like we get it. He's a perv. He's a like predator. But it's like, oh wow, he's a. Uh, a predator, he's, a, he's like li a, a literal 
yeah, he's a lion. Or, he's a cheetah, isn't he? he? He's a yeah. He's, no, no, he's no. A, it's a lion. It's a lion. It's a lion. Some kind of you, you, you meet the lion where he got his face from. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess it matches with his mo, what he is, and how he acts. Um, but either way, that's going on. They're trying to deal with Absalom, and in the meantime, uh, Nami, Usopp, Chopper, they're they're getting what escorted by some bat creature thing to uh, Hogback's mansion, and this is where we get some. You know, there, there's a world outside of One Piece that's not relevant to what the Straw Hats are going through. You get a name drop of Doctor Hogback. And that's a really big deal for Chopper, something that he's never mentioned before. You know, these characters looked up to people before, um, you know, having joined the crew or whatever they do with the Straw Hats. Uh, and when he hears about Dr. Hogback, he's like, oh, my God, Dr. Hogback, that's that's my idol. That's my idol. He's my hero. I looked up to him. He's a doctor in medicine. Um, and he went missing like X number of years ago. So turns out he's on Thriller Bark. Turns out he's on Thriller Bark. Um, and it's basically a trap. You know, th this guy is leading uh, Usopp and the rest of them through this haunted forest. And they're just encountering all these scary ass things like walking trees, chimeras, <laughs> lions. Yeah, see um, the lion. You meet the lion with you Absalom's meet the lion. face. Right, right. Oh um, god, yeah, it's just freaking weird. And then like and, they do the whole thing where they rub their eyes in the tree, and it's stop. gone, <laughs> and they disappear. It's funny because they say, "I literally just saw um, a demigorgon just walking down the street," and the the bat character, he's like, "What do you mean? There, there's nothing there. Look, there's no one there. It's just, it's just trees. It's just a forest. There's no reason to be afraid." Um. These guys ain't having it, man. They're sick of this. They say, turn this carriage around. And he's like, okay, okay. I understand you're afraid. I wanted to introduce you to Dr. Hogback. You were really excited to see him. All right, all right. Hold. Let, let me go tell. Let me go tell the, the person leading the carriage. He goes out. <laughs> he dips them. <laughs> he just runs and leaves them abandoned in this haunted forest. Um... And and that's when the the zombie horde starts coming, the the true like at this point it was Oda really wanted to do a haunted mansion uh, arc. You really got that feeling out here. You got the zombies coming out of the ground. They all start grabbing Nami, grabbing Usopp, Chopper. It's quite spooky. Like were you were you into Thriller Bark at this point? Now that you knew what kind of spooky arc it was supposed to be, because you have a confirmation at this point. You're gonna get zombies. Yeah, uh, you, you get you had ghosts earlier with Perona. Uh, you're probably gonna get, I don't know, haunted paintings and haunted mansions. Were you here for it yet, or or, or did it still take? Did it still take some time? I mean, I think the whole thing is definitely funny. I think they make a point to be like zombies can't run, and then these zombies they start sprinting. they start spraying. <laughs> yes, but yeah. then the whole thing right now is just really played up. Uh, for laughs. Oh, the, the zombies don't have stamina though, so oh, they uh, get tired. Yes. They run, but then they get tired. It's it's just funny. It's really funny. I think Oda definitely excels with these characters and being funny. Um, obviously, I think 
if you just take a step back, you realize something bigger is probably going down. Like, I don't think anyone, I don't think watching this, I was like, oh man, One Piece has zombies too in their world. I think there was always something like an air of something else going on versus, you know, they just have all these different type of creatures going like in their world. Oh, like, like, um, like there was a power or something. There was something in the background. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm laughing. I'm enjoying it just by laughing. You know, it's a good comedy arc compared to something like Foxy Pirates, where it's a lot of it's a lot of nothing that's just going on. It's kind of just there. Um, And uh, but but this this is the kind of comedy I like in One Piece. If I'm going to have to if I'm going to have to laugh at One Piece, this is the comedy I want. This one was straight up silly. This was funny. Um, but eventually they end up at Hogback's mansion. The zombies kind of chase them in that direction and, uh, they get introduced to Dr. Hogback. Um, Grandmaster Hoop and I have different takes on how this laugh is. Comic Chris is with me. Comic Chris is with me. Is he team anime? He's team anime. This is how it happens. Yeah. How's it go? How's it go? No, no, you go ahead. You go first. Go ahead. Literally the 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 manga panel that I'm looking at says foo oh no it says fo ho ho that's that his is, laugh that uh, I'm telling you that is why you need to be careful with what you read because that ain't it yeah that's not it it's and it, it it is so stupid what it is it's bush 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 that's what you prefer bush bush <laughs> yes because it's stupid. It's funny. Like, what the oh. fuck laugh is this? <laughs> How often does he laugh in a the lot. anime? A okay. Lot. A lot. Okay. I will say in the manga, he does not have a lot of, like, early, like, right here in his introduction, he has a lot of laughs where he's like, you know, you read the laugh sound effect. Um, but after this, like, brief introduction, he doesn't really laugh that much. Um yeah so like every time he comes on screen he'll do at least one and be like push but <laughs> that's it he'll end it at push i mean if he's laughing he's laughing but oh, okay um <laughs> but brooke does it too though in the anime he laughs a lot he laughs all the time like, okay yeah brooke brooke they have it in the manga where like you see all the dialogue bubbles where he's like yo so you know that's his shtick with with Hogback, though, he only has it, like, in the beginning. After that, he doesn't really drop the laugh too much. Uh, but I guess if in the anime, they have more liberties with dialogue. I I imagine they want they did not want to say, or too much. So they, they made their own. They made their own. Um, but, uh, you know, Dr. Hogback doesn't seem antagonistic at first. You know, he's very welcoming. You know, will, uh, he's, he's saying, oh, wow, fellow doctor. Uh, Dr. Chopper, uh, I see you look up to me, um, and this is my work that I've been doing here on Thriller Bark. Um, what is it that he's doing on Thriller Bark? He's kind of just like, uh, rege- like resurrecting people from the dead. Like that's his, that's his shtick. That's not what he tells them, is it? That's not what he tells them. I'm trying to think of like what he tells them to like kind of ease them out of it. The, the eternal dream of humanity to bring back loved ones from the dead. That's what he's trying to do. Oh, there you go. So he spins it as, you know, no one likes seeing their loved ones die. 
I'm trying to find a way to resurrect the dead so that people can say their final goodbyes to their loved ones or live again with their loved ones if they die to a disease or if they were murdered. It, it, it's a very noble, I guess, dream in a way when spun when spun in the, um, I guess, portrayal that Hogback has here because Chopper's in for. He's like, oh, wow, that's... That's very impressive, Doctor Hogback. I'm I am actually very intrigued by this. Um, so, uh, but of course, some of his a antagonistic ways are at the forefront when Chopper says, "Hey, can I go to your laboratory? Uh, I kind of want to see what you do." And <laughs> Hogback just gets in his face. I'm assuming he does it in the manga too. He's like, "Don't you dare, ever, ever." get into my laboratory <laughs> yeah basically he's like don't ever peek into my lab uh ever. quick switch right yeah very quick switch so at that point it's like okay th this guy this guy's hiding something i mean i hate to judge a book by its cover but just look at the guy the guy does not look like you could trust him he looks like a weird pointy nose vampire he never has his mouth closed his mouth is always open that creeps me out he has like ah. a um, like Hades from uh, Hercules vibe. Oh, okay. I I, I kind of see it. Instead of the chin, instead of like the chin thing, he's got the nose. Right. Yeah. And just that. Yeah. You just knew it was like okay. This <laughs> we gotta fight this guy. <laughs> I just realized he's wearing fishnets. <laughs> yes, he is. Get up his fishnets. Camp. Oh my god. <laughs> what a, what a fashion. Oh, and he, I mean, he's got a he's got a a, a boa. No, it's not a boa, but he's got that. What the cape. little? The, it looks oh, like oh, a the cape. The cape, like a boa cape. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I just don't trust this guy. Um, you meet uh, Sindri, right? Sindri, yes. And uh, Sindri is saying some stuff, and he's like, "Don't pay attention to her. She doesn't know what she's saying." Because Sindri's about to give away his whole scheme half the time. Oh, is that is that what it's happening in the anime? I don't know. Sindri just pops up, and obviously there's something wrong with her, too. Yeah. She's got so scarring like, all over her. Uh, she's acting really weird. She hates plates for whatever reason. Right, um, right. And uh, But Hogback is weird, too, and he basically gives them a room to be like, hey, you know, if you guys want to spend the night, go ahead. There's a room. And then you can return to your crewmates. Then, of course, it gets more weird at this point. We were alluding to it earlier. You get more Absalom coming in because Nami's in the shower. He's pinning her against the wall, doing weird stuff. It, it's weird, man. It's it, it's weird. It's it's all weird stuff. I don't like Absalom. I it ain't no hint. It ain't no hint at this point. I don't like Absalom at all. Um, he's just he's just a punk. I, I don't like him. And Nami kicks him in the balls, and that's that. Uh, it's just uh it's just a little overdone like very scene. very overdone um this becomes a gag later though him being invisible i think this is hilarious because another character uh, faces him later we'll we'll get to that it's funny it's funny um but yeah at that point uh absalom's no longer on the ship so because of that luffy and the rest of the straw hats are now uh venturing into thriller bark proper to find their crewmates that went and wandered off so they're encountering all these same creatures luffy's seeing the zombies uh this happens in the anime too and i like both portrayals um 
Luffy sees a zombie for the first time pop out. He is not shocked at all. Does not, you know, like get the starry eyes or anything. He just, he just sees a zombie come out. And he just walks up to it casually and just starts pushing the zombie back into the ground. And the zombie just loses its shit. It just gets so angry. It says, what the hell are you doing? Why are you pushing me back into the ground? And Luffy's just staring at it. Why? Like, just, you know, he's like, are you an old man with grave injuries? <laughs> and it's like, how does this make any sense? How does this make any? The anime did it perfectly. I I love the anime's portrayal of this scene. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, the, the, a lot of a lot of thriller bark gets memed um, from from its anime. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That that is a very very notorious scene where it, it it's one of the few clips you see a lot from thriller bark. Luffy pushing the zombie back into the ground and the zombie screaming at Luffy saying, "What the hell are you doing, man?" Um. So it's all cool. It's, it's it's all cool. Uh but yeah, you know, zombies are not a big deal to the straw hats. They know how to handle them. They're they're relatively weak for the most part. They just got big numbers. Um at that point, you know, you see more Perona action or not not really Perona, but you see more of the ghosts that are coming into uh the fray from here. The go I mean, these are just funny little lines that that they say when the ghosts kind of go into the characters because what it, it elicits negative negative emotion negative emotion yes what are some of the things these guys say uh like oh i Sanji wish i was born point. as a worm or <laughs> who says that what like zoro or luffy a lot of them get hit by this and they, right, they right, just say yeah. very lowly things like I wish I was, uh, or Zoro says like I'm lower than dirt. I, I belong in the ground. Like <laughs> I just... know, <laughs> Sanji at one point says my eyebrows too twirly. Um, yeah. That might be later on during it, but he says that, and it's just like okay, <laughs> sure. And it just it's this, and then coupled this with the, the that the other three are learning about the mansion and. There is creepy stuff happening in the mansion. Yes, they find the photo of Sindri when she was alive. And here's, again, here's looking at this from like a more critical like lens. When I was reading back to this, I don't care. <laughs> like, um, You don't care about, about Sindri's backstory that will tie yeah. into Raftel at the end? Oh my God. Um, but it just... These these things just seem very mid, you know. They seem very like oh, things are happening, the plot's progressing. We understand that they all have, you know, they all are learning about a mystery in this place, but the mysteries aren't necessary. I like the only the only plus I'll give it is that um, Chopper has like a very direct emotional tie to Doctor Fogback. Yes, yes. I like this. I think that's. Just a theme in One Piece that either you you die like Goldie Roger, um, or you live yourself to oh you my live god enough, long enough to see yourself <laughs> become Doctor Hogback. Because like oh all the he all people's heroes, if they're alive, either they have reasonably stepped out of the limelight, or they are continuing to try and follow their dream 
in a perverted sense. Like it's been tainted. It's been something that the the characters, like the main characters, looked up to, and now they they have to force to question it. But everything else is just very oh, there's creepy stuff going on, and I don't. There's there's not a lot of substance to it right now. So that's 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 one of the only issues that I see. And I think this is a lot of a big reason why um, Thriller Bark gets, you know, memed on so hard is because there's a lot of stuff here that is just, oh, we're just going through the motions here. Like the no stuff one cares Bro- about the mystery with Sindri. Oh my God. No, no one, one cares. cares about the mystery. No one cares about why they're ghosts. I'm like, just when, who, who are the, who are they going to have to fight? Um, Listen, just treat it like treat it like Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. It's a very self-contained story that does not really tie back to the greater universe of Scooby Doo outside of the main characters and the you know the the concept of solving mysteries. This is a self-contained difference there's a big difference i know there's There's, a big difference i don't watch one piece for scooby-doo listen they're just through they're trying to give thriller bark a character and and that's what they're really doing and you either buy into it or you don't well it's not even it's not even so much that i i don't vibe with the aesthetic i don't vibe like they like yes thriller bark has its own things going on but i feel like the mystery isn't as enticing as some of Oda's other mysteries within the One Piece world. There's definitely not. There's no argument about that. You just got to take it for what it is. I mean, this whole century bit, I don't even know if that comes up again in this arc. It, it, does. it, it, it does. comes it up does. At when you get the revelation of like who she really was and, oh, okay. and what happened to her. Uh, but I, I I get what Nino's saying because like it's one of those things where like when they discover Sindri's room, they're playing it as something really big, like like you know they're they're you know looking for clues and they're like Jinkies, what's going on here? And you know they have this panel where like Nami's like shocked, like she just discovered one of the pontoglyphs uh, from a news article, and it's just she's literally just saying Sindri died in an accident ten years ago. Who the hell cares? <laughs> like it's it really does mean... feel like Scooby Doo. It really fun, does feel like yes, Scooby-Doo. it does. It, does. it sure does. Both, both it... in a good and bad way. Yeah. Both a good in a and a bad, bad way. way. It's, sure, it's a refreshing aesthetic choice. Yes, I just feel like we don't get back to like feeling like One Piece so much until the end of the arc. Like yes. Um, so. Well, yes. there's some other points that I think feel like One Piece. We'll get to them. Um, some yeah. of the matchups. Yeah. Well, I, I would also I, say when it comes to Brooke's backstory, that feels like One Piece, a tie-in that you did not expect or ever thought. Oh, yeah. Would come no in. one. No one right, expected. Right. Because this is, oh, let's just get to it. Let's get to it. You want to skip um, all the way no, to not, the- No, not skip, not skip to it. Let's get oh. to it. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh Brooke, I think. Wait, no, it's Robin. I don't know who it is. They they discovered the the whole Sindri thing. Like, there's something fishy. Hogback is not who he says he is, and things are things are afoot. So everything 
just you know the, the curtain rises it's time to start fighting these people there is no that there's no more uh charades going on here um it's around this time i think uh hogback like summons a a samurai Ooh. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Hold up there. You're forgetting a very big important thing. Like I think I think that this kind of ties into the rest of the One Piece world where they're like fighting the zombies and then they learn whose island it is. Whose island right. it is? Yeah, yes. we made a mistake. This is where they learn. Uh Brooke just told him he got a shadow taken. He didn't Oh, they didn't say know. Who. No. Yeah, they didn't okay. say it yet. They the didn't say The final battle of this chapter, okay. which is chapter 448, is um, there. The final page is like, just like Brooke, who, like, you don't have a shadow. And it's like, his name is Moria. And then it's like, do you mean Gecko Moria? And then it ties in. Gecko Moria is one of the seven warlords of the sea. Dun, dun, dun. You know what I mean? They, Spooky. It is. It, it's. It's. It brings it into perspective. It's like, why are we going through this? This is. This why is are we here? And and again, it's one of the few bits where this is bigger world. One piece coming back in. This felt like Skypea in a lot of wrong ways in terms of like, like you said, why are we? Why are we here? Why are we on this island? This is this is not affecting the world in any way. I don't feel like I'm I'm on the grand line at this time. Um, but that's when you get the name drop of Gecko Moria. And uh funny enough, I don't think you see Gecko Moria physically yet. I think you get like a, maybe a silhouette of him, and he's this giant ass dude. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how the anatomy works in, in One Piece a lot, but this guy is it just does whatever the massive. fuck it wants. It, whatever it cares to do and he's not even like massive he's just like a he's an onion a he's a bowling pin he looks like one of those uh those clowns at the carnival that you knock down with the ball the carnival game yeah, like a gecko like a gecko it doesn't look like a gecko a gecko he just looks he weird i don't know where the gecko part I mean, comes from Remember uh, what I told you? They all have animal tie-in. That's right. That's right. Dracula, Mihawk, Boa Hancock, um, Crocodile, Crocodile. Right. That one was just on the nose. His yeah, name that one. Doflamingo, right? Uh, Bartholomew right. Kuma. Yes, they're all related to animals. So he's he's Gecko. Um, this dude just sleeps a lot. Very lazy. We don't know too much about him, just a silhouette, but we know he's involved in this game. It's it's Luffy's second warlord um, that he's about to face off against. Because you know Luffy's about to fight this guy. There's a warlord that's scheming and causing all this chaos to happen. Luffy's going to have to kick some ass, okay? Um, at this point, you got introduced to all the villains proper. You know, you get uh, Absalom. You actually see him this time. You see what he looks like. He's like a half man, half lion thing. No one cares about Absalom. He has an invisible devil fruit. That comes into play much, much later. Um, and then you have Perona. A lot of people like Perona. You know, Perona's, uh, Perona's kind of cool. I like her. But people really like Perona. I think I like her later on when she comes up again, randomly. Um, you like her relationships later, like kind of yes. who she plays off of. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess kind of here. She's just like the. She's a lackey. Yeah, like like you know you know what this feels like in a way. It feels like um, you know those old school anime movies where like you know they, they would be their own little thing. And you have like the big bad, like he's the main villain of the anime movie. Um, and then the lackeys are you have the big brute, you have the 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 slender looking like pretty boy character, and then you have the female. You, you remember just, those? You're describing spirited away, but sure. I am literally I literally described to you Naruto Clash in the Land of Snow. I described to you. Oh, you're thinking. Oh, so, I would. Th okay, I thought you were thinking like Miyazaki type. No, films. but like, yes, no, I, was, I know. No, he was talking about mid, not Miyazaki. <laughs> exactly. Oh, sorry. I mean, I like Clash of the Land of the Snow film, but yes, the Clash, stereotypical. The right. stereotype setup. Gecko Mori is the leader, and you have all these like one note characters, like you know, Perona's the female lackey. Absalom's the big brute and uh hogback I guess is the pretty the pretty boy or the <laughs> scientist yeah. or the, the scientist, scientist. Corona, scientist. Corona the, it just this uh, it feels very generic like like it feels it, like it, one it of those one-off anime movies like a one-off one piece movie it also doesn't because this crew, crew like I will say um this crew doesn't seem like they go together like they all are kind of like Perona seems like the less demented one. You know, she has her own quirks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the other two are just downright disgusting. Well, like, they they're here for reason. Uh, Hogback one had a goal. Absalom wanted power to marry whoever he wants. He wants the power to, to to do something to the, whoever he wants. Exactly. So they all have they all have a reason. To be here. Granted, I don't remember Perona's reason, but the other yeah, two have a reason I, to be teaming up with Moria. She kind of throws it like out there at the very end. It, it's nothing important. I don't. Really, I don't even remember it. Um, but it's it, it was something very like low brow. Like, oh, I was just kind of there. You know, I was I was just there yeah. for for laughs, and that's it. All these two other characters had very demented goals. Absalom had a demented goal. Uh, Hogback had a demented goal. Um, so, uh, that's their shtick. You get introduced to them. And then at, at that same time, you also get an introduction to one of the, uh, special zombies, the, the main zombie forces that are going to be a threat to the straw hats. And of course, one of them is a, like I was mentioning earlier, a samurai from a country far, far away and a distant land. Clearly we're not going to see this Island ever, ever. Ooh. Never yeah, something called the Wano country of the New Wano. World. Wano couldn't be important. Couldn't be important. Couldn't this be is important not important. No. I I am shocked that Oda had this from from the from this far back. What what year is this? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Well, when you think about it, he had it as far back as Alabasta, because he mentions Sea Prism. Sea Prism stone coming from a very particular island in the New World. Mm. Okay, I guess. Yeah. And that, All right, that's... so here he gives a name to that particular island. Yes. Wayno Country. Wayno Country. <laughs> um, it's Ryuma. Uh, Ryuma is a samurai legend. Is, and, uh, However. Oh God, I want to say so much, but I can't. 
Why? Why? Why can't you? Because um. Hmm. Oh, later I on. Just I just yeah, I just can't say it. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Ryuma is going to play a role much later on in the story. Well, um, see now this is where anime comes in, and it's interesting when you watch the anime when Ryuma talks. He is voiced by the same actor as Brooke. Yes, they they emphasize that in the manga as well, because like his him, yeah. his speech pattern, the what some of the things he's saying is literally like Brooke, and the characters react to it as well. That they, they say, "Hey, he sounds a lot like Brooke. Why is he talking like Brooke?" Um, so it it's just really funny. You see this badass samurai decked out in samurai attire, and he he has Brooks's voice, and he's like, "Yo," and I'm like, "Okay, all right." This oh, is just, and he asks to see her panties too. Yep, he does, and and, and that, that's something we need to address. Um, not the panties, the but the shadow, the shadow bit. Um, the gimmick with the shadows is that it's it's technically the personality of the character. It's their yeah. soul. It's their soul. I just, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, you know what? We can mention this because, but this is very reminiscent to um, a big mom, you would say. Okay. Um, similar yeah. powers. Yeah. In a, similar in a, similar yeah. skill set. Yeah. I see it's just, it. It's just very funny how Thriller Bark is the hot topic version of big mom's uh, Disney World. Actually, I dare even say Big Bomb. Again, this is getting really ahead. Big Bomb, uh, Gecko Moria, and I don't remember her name from Dress Rosa with the toys. Oh, the the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all all, all very similar skill set. Right. Mm. But Oda can get away with it because it's like, well, technically, it's not the same thing because, and then he gives you your because. Yeah, they're um, they're not the same thing. I think if if anything, um, there's a lot more stakes here when you get your shadow taken. Yeah, because you can't even step out into the sun. So yeah, you'll just you exactly. burn up in the sun. But right. right. <sighs> ah man, I just yeah. Ryuma does his thing, and again, he, again, he's very I'm, powerful. Oh very yeah, powerful. and he does the three-step thing that becomes important, you know. But man, I I, I keep saying this, and I'm going through these pages, and I'm like, wow, this art is amazing. But what in the mid story? What in the mid? <laughs> like, oh, like it's... everything's a everything's a gag. Everything's a gag. Everything's a gag. I mean, it gets to a point because, I mean, Luffy and the rest of them are really not even struggling against what's going on. They're just and, and I don't expect them to either. These are just like just random zombies. They're scrubs. They're, they're, scrubs. they're, they're the NPCs. They're, they're the grunts of what's going on. They're one shotting all these guys. Uh, Zoro's one shotting them. Robin's one shotting them. Luffy's one shot. So Frankie, everyone is one shotting them. Um, So. You know, you got all this going on, and I think at this point, Luffy kind of has an idea of like who he has to take out. It's Gecko Moria. I I need a I need to beat his ace. I need to beat his ace. And it's at that point, it's like, all right, well, how long does it take to get there? How long does it take? Yeah, and we're in chapter four fifty. 
There's a lot oh. more to go. And I mean, the gags, like some of them are like, it's funny at first. And then it's like, you keep doing it. Like, like the gag with, um, I, uh, Lola, Lola's, uh, yes. the hog. I'm just, I'm literally looking at Lola right now and I'm like, her, oh God. Her whole thing is like, she wants to marry someone specifically she wants to marry Absalom. Absalom. And she's like, marry me, marry me, write this marriage certificate, marry me, uh, just close your eyes, let me kiss you. It it just goes a, on you know for what? so long. And, but you want to know something? I'll give her props for this because not only because Lola is doing the the whim, the woman version of what Absalom does to women. Oh, and it's kind of like the irony, like, yeah, oh, look, you don't irony. like getting harassed, but you're doing yeah. this to other women. Okay. Yeah, and, or even, and he goes worse, worse than what Lola does. Right, right. Lola. <laughs> I think Lola actually succeeds in <laughs> marrying him. Uh, but does she succeed? I, I, I think oh, she okay. does. I, I remember her sucking his face, like by the end of it all, like her, his head is in her mouth. Uh, mm. <laughs> There's a lot of sexual harassment in this. Uh, a lot of it. A lot of it. Really um, bark more like sexual harassment art. Of course. God. Um, it's at this point, though, that, you know, they start encountering some zombies that are having some of the traits of their their original owners. So they encounter, like, a penguin dog guy. It has the manners of Sanji. They meet some random swordsman. It has the attributes of Zoro. Oh, you're, you're like, oh, okay, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to. All right. There's setup to it. There's setup. So like, let's get uh, bogged down. You're right. Let's. I'm get not bogged bogging down. it down, ahead, but you just can't. You can't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. a good setup. Bark. We it's talked about bark. this. Go ahead. It's, it's good setup. Go ahead. Okay. Go. So that the brook, the the samurai takes out Nami, Usopp, and Chopper. Like, takes them out. Like, so that's worth noting that that they're they're out right now. Um. And then Luffy and crew are going through the castle and they're beating up the zombies and they don't even notice that Sanji disappears. They like Sanji's out of nowhere. He's gone. He's off panel. They don't even realize he's gone until like much later. And so then you go back to Usopp's crew, Usopp, Nami and Chopper, and they run into all these animals and they're being like they're fighting these animals and they're actually like losing. And then one of the animals is about to attack Nami. See, it's good setup. And then he says, "You're right." It leads into Laughdale with the Poneglyph. I I forgot. I am I trying forgot. to give you a good thriller bark proper. The penguin just... steps in and says, "You can't hurt a woman. I won't let you hurt this woman." I mean, yes. I acknowledge it. It was a cool scene because it was like, oh, my God. Yeah, Sanji was missing. Kind of like a Scooby-Doo thing where they all don't realize that they're each slowly going away one by one. Um, it was fine. It was like, oh, OK. <laughs> I mean, it's not, the, it's not it's not the greatest thing in the world, but the way they play it off again, they're like really trying to dive into this world that they're creating. But, but here's my issue. Here's my issue. Time is just doesn't exist um, because this is happening all in one night. I really want to be, you know, I really want to emphasize that they're going through the thing. They're still going through the castle. How big is this castle that Sanji's doppelganger penguin dog ugly face thing 
is like already with Nami. Hmm. It's very fair. Cool. I mean, granted, we don't even in. know if it's nighttime because uh, what's the, the fog? The fog is covering yeah. everything. Yes. Um. But yes, yes, yes. Good point. It is a lot of things are moving at a quick pace. I think that's fine. Uh, it's just it was cool. You weren't expecting Sanji disappearing means this penguin's gonna come up and have Sanji's powers. But uh, cool setup. Yep, Zoro's disappearing too, and then eventually Luffy's gone too, and that is when they show you kind of what's going on with Luffy. Uh, and you see Moria has Luffy and he basically is like, all right, give me the scissors. Let me cut your shadow off. And, snip, uh, snip, snip, snip. Yeah. And then there's a, they also, what do you call it? Um, Robin and, and what's this guy's name? Oh, Frankie meet the, the most. Uh, I dare I say, um, what's it called? Um, the spider monkey? Yeah, the spider monkey. It, when I saw him, and he's the big threat that, you know, he's like a mini boss compared to the Mick boss. Like, he's the mini just, boss, yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah, take a look at him, and I'm just like, I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> Why are we grinding in caves in this JRPG? It does feel like a video game. It does feel like a video game. <laughs> like everyone split up and this is just seems like a, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about, to play through. Like if you were actually playing this, oh, you'd be like, oh, what's in the castle? It'll be, it'll be fun as a game. Yeah. 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 But like, there again, some of the mysteries are just like when you're reading them, you're like, we know what's going on or like we're like oh we once you know it it's kind of oh man that word is not being in my memory the when you are like less enthused you're kind of uh underwhelming it's under <laughs> under what that's the word i wanted underwhelming mid mid <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this spider monkey fight is not even like that big of a deal. I, I think they, Robin and Frankie deal with it rather quickly. They, they struggle with it a little bit, but it's, it's over and done with. And it's like, all right, why oh, do we have, see, this? no, that's not what happened. Then bog us down, grandmaster. Oh, this is not a bog us, down. No, us, this is you messed important. up. You messed yeah, up. This is pretty important. You Tell messed the importance up. Of... They are fighting that monkey spider and they're not doing anything to it. And from the sky, you hear Yoho. Yes. You hear uh and yeah, it's Brooke and he's fallen from the sky. There's also and... something very small that I want to mention, but very quickly, uh, Robin can sprout wings. Yes. Oh yeah. It's a up upgrade. Cien, Cien Fleurs, right? It's a hundred. Sure. Right? I, think I think it is. So. Cien Fleurs, yeah. It's one of the few times that she's, I think the first time that she's done it. Yes, um, this is definitely the first time she's done this. A precursor to what she is capable of doing much, much later on. She's getting um, creative. Getting very creative. It does look cre creepy when you zoom in on it because it's technically a bunch of hands. 
it looks weird but when you zoom out it's like oh okay it's just wings that she sprouted um it's yes, funny Brooke it's funny does fall from the sky yes <laughs> and he proceeds i mean frankie beats him up too with the nunchucks but then brooke does like they're talking to the spider monkey and brooke is talking to him and then brooke closes his cane sword and that's when you realize he you know the classic anime sheath the blade and shows the cut and Brooke defeats the spider monkey, proving his worth to the crew. Because he could yeah, do an um, anime slash attack. Or he, <laughs> he, anime. he saved. He saved them. He saved Frankie. He and Robin. did. He did. It's just. Oh my god! It, it's just funny. Um, because it's it's one of the few times in the anime and in the manga where like, it's kind of hard to discern like what's the fighting prowess of a character compared to everyone else like like like, like when you met robin it's like oh yeah she has the hand double fruit that's cool frankie's like oh frankie's a cyborg he has the gadgets with brooke it's just a cane sword and like you know a waltz dancing wall or fencing and it's like but wait a minute don't we have another swordsman on the crew what what is what is brooke adding to the fighting prowess wait wait a, wait a minute wait a minute but I think that answer will be fulfilled later on because Brooke is one of the most important <laughs> straw hats. No, no, he, no, he yeah. is. He is. I, I think they, right now is kind of like where it's it's like, what is he adding <laughs> to to their kit? You know, Usopp's the sharp the sharpshooter. Nami's the the weather baton. Everyone has a shtick, but then with Brooke right now is like. I slash past you anime style and then sheath the cane. And As I think, if Zoro's I think never done gets, this before. I think that gets resolved. I think that gets addressed in a very interesting way. See, now we're starting to get to the interesting stuff. But like later on with another fight that Brooke has, um, that's a precursor for one of Zoro's fights. Um, I would just also like to say it is okay when pirates don't have devil fruits all they have are swords and guns so no that's that is totally you don't you do not need a devil fruit to stand out amongst any you know the crew may oh, have no, the straw hats. no i'm just saying no what i'm saying is if this crew is like a measly old pirate crew measly old pirate crews everyone carries a sword you know I mean, oh okay so the yes. fact that they, they so the fact that they could potentially have two swordsmen is okay well, listen. Uh, what happened last arc? Sanji had the the knife. <laughs> the knife. Oh, the the cooking knives. <laughs> the yes. Yes. Uh, but yes, yes. If they were a regular pirate crew, yes. But they're not a regular pirate crew. They're supposed to be the best pirate crew ever, and everyone has to be a little different. Everyone these does. Are, these are our main characters, like. Like, look at the main trio, Luffy, Sanji, and Zoro. One uses swords, one uses fists, another one loses his kicks. That's Fair why they're the monster. That's why. <laughs> Either way, I, I welcome Brook and his sword. Even whatever. Even, you know, he's not the only one. So, um, but it also reveals that, you know, once you defeat them, uh, Brooke carries around the salt 
and salt is the weakness of a zombie. Yes. Oh, the, just like the sea. Oh, does that mean you can't put? Wait, is That's... it sea salt? Is it sea salt or just salt? Sea salt, um, right? Because at that it point, it's salt. like it's just salt, see. table salt. So they can't have salty, salty fries. Salt on a pizza. I could have sworn it was so... just salt, um, but maybe I, I don't know. Um, Let, let's let's. I have it pulled up right now. Let us. Let us ruminate on the words of Ode. Um, hmm. Goodness. The zombies have a certain weakness. Um, original master, no, blah, blah, blah. You really knocked it out. I purified it. Ooh. Man, I mean, he's the one that really... comes with the secret, though, uh, about the salt. He's the one that informs them on how to defeat uh, the pirates. Because, again, this is not Brooks's uh, first you know tassel really, with yeah. these guys no they know him right they know he's, him yeah the humming swordsman oh look out it's the humming swordsman he, he's been here before uh look uh brooke has tried to get his shadow back um and was not successful in in doing so um that, that that's kind of where you get the flashback where uh i think after saving what uh nami uh, not nami robin and frankie he then goes over to save um Usopp and Nami, right? Yeah, but wait, no. wait, wait, wait. He yeah, whole, yeah. He explains the whole. The he whole he explains room. the whole process. Go right? ahead. Yes, he explains the whole thing about the shadows and Gecko Moria, and what do you call it? Um, you know the salt. I don't. I can't find if it's sea salt or just regular salt, but I'm just taking it as a as sea salt maybe. But he explains everything. He explained that he tried to get back, and that he was so scared, and everyone was scary, and um, he explains like the mechanics, like the, the stronger the soul and willpower and the stronger the body makes a stronger, you know, being hence wise. Make a, so makes it, a stronger zombie. Right. Yeah. Right. So and then he explains what this man has been doing with the zombies, how he's been even having them. It's it's interesting. It's a it's a it's exposition, you know, well-earned exposition. But again, it's just a little, you know. It's interesting in concept. It's just a little underwhelming that we got it like this. It's just a little mid. Uh, I think it, I think, well, so, um, I mean, I know this chapter does it too, but like the anime does it really well. He's like explaining all of this and how the zombies work. Meanwhile, you know, we now see Gecko Moria like in like full, full panel. Full, there full we see panel. It. Right. And, uh, you know, He's highest like, bounty so far uh yeah yeah 320 mil and uh here you know he's like so you're luffy you're straw hat luffy <laughs> you know uh oh should i do his laugh do too? the yeah. laugh yes oh this one's tough that's easy that's perfect it's so fucking dumb <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Iconic laughter. Uh, man, no man. These are just awful. Um so uh whatchamacallit. So um he's doing this, he's got Luffy and he's explaining, you know, yeah, like uh Nino said, you know, stronger shadow, stronger body, powerful zombie. Um from here, he uh, you know, Luffy's like putting up the fight, but he He's, he can't do anything. He's restrained. They cut 
Luffy zombie and I'm Shadow and he's uh disturbing. It is a little bit. Um I don't know. It's just yeah, it was kind of weird to watch Luffy not I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's kind of disheartening to see Luffy get a shadow. That's his soul. That's his soul. That's a oh, here piece it is. of him. It's just salt. It's just salt. Salt has the power of the sea. There you go. Yeah, there we go. There Can't put go. too much on more, French fries. More, more like salt has the power of mid. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Goodness, it ain't that deep. Uh, <laughs> so um, exactly, it's mid. It's not that deep. Whatever. Again, there's some funny bits in Thriller Bark. You know, meanwhile, he's got Luffy's shadow. Nami, Usopp, and <laughs> Chopper are in that bear. Uh, oh, Ku Kumasi. Ku Kumasi? Kumasi? <laughs> sure. Perona's bear. bear. Oh, oh, oh. And talking about, I know we mentioned this, talking about Perona, she finally says what she wants out of this. Like, we know Hodgeback is being crazy and Gecko Moria wants to be king of the pirates, but they're like, Absalom says that that means the day is close that I'll become the cemetery king of the entire world. And then Perona says, I'll take everything cute in the world and make them into zombies. And my oh. dream of creating my own kingdom full of obedient serfs <laughs> is one step closer. Oh my gosh. Oh, These man. people are weird. They are. Their motives are just. But you want to know okay. something? They're not as weird as those people in the One Piece fandom that will be like, please let me be your serf. Um, oh, Perona. They, they are obsessed with Perona. Oh, a bunch of wackos. I guess. She's she's great character design. Yeah, she's. People I like just, her design. She's People not a Nami just, copy. I'll give her no, that. She's, yeah, exactly. Not a Nami or a Robin copy. Right. And people are just like people are too too busy being horny on me. Right <laughs> on me. Right. Not even no shame to go on the the burner account. <laughs> um. But uh, very, one bit of interesting dialogue that I do want to point out before Luffy's shadow gets taken is from Gecko Moria, and it goes in contrast with what Luffy's whole shtick is. He tells his he tells his friends quotation marks. He says, you know, Perona, Hogback, Absalom, go and make me king of the pirates. Excuse you. You want other people to make you king of the pirates? That's the exact opposite of Luffy. Luffy does not and, rely on his friends to bolster him to become king of the pirates. He chases now, his dream with them. And now I can finally say that the seven war, the original seven warlords, as we'll come to see, maybe they're also based on the seven deadly sins. Oh, is this uh, oh sloth? This is Sloth. Wow. So Crocodile hold on, was wait. greed. So a Crocodile was greed. Uh, uh, Moria was Sloth. Um, Doflamingo. He's pride. He's definitely pride. Okay, he's pride. definitely pride. Oh pride. my gosh. Yeah, Very he's pride. pride. He's literally um, he thinks himself a god. Yeah. Well, Boa he Hancock also his pride. Lust. But she's not oh, lustful herself. Yes, yes she's, for somebody. She, but she's well, representative okay. of lust. Okay, she's representative no, of a, lust. For and a certain she... character, she's definitely lusting. I wonder yeah. who. Yeah. Right. And then 
Um, um, they say that Kuma, which we'll get to him, but is rad. was very rageful. Oh, the tyrant. The, yes, tyrant. the tyrant. I can Kuma see it. And I then I don't remember the other ones. What are the other ones? Oh, Mihawk. 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 Um, there's Envy. We had, uh, Envy? No. No, he's uh, not Envy. I would say he's gluttony. He's hungry for a challenge. He oh, wants hung, someone to okay. In that sense, I yeah, guess. He yeah, he wants and I guess I guess technically speaking, if because when you go back to what he did with Don Creed, I was just <laughs> in the mood for it. Right. He's yes. A, he's a glutton for dishing out punishment. I'm just because yes. I guess you don't need a reason. Like the whole point of gluttony is like I don't need a reason to eat this. I just want to eat it i'm not even hungry i want to um envy well envy mate envy blackbeards made us uh a war well, he, he wasn't one of the originals no, not the original no. i'm Jinbei. trying to think sorry it was jimbei no jimbei yeah jimbei's an original no warlord. no jimbei yes. was an original one but i don't think he's envy i think he's the only envy. remaining one yeah no, he's but the, i think i rather think I, I think this is better so Flamingo's Envy and Jinbei is pride. pride because he would not, he would not, he, he, his pride was too big to go against Whitebeard and he put himself in, in prison or they put him in prison because of it. Sure. I'll take it. I'll buy it. That works Goodness. for me. We got sidetracked big time with the Ooh. Warlords. That's okay. That is okay. Uh, I mean, uh, it's relevant. It's relevant. It is very. No, no, relevant. it's definitely it relevant. Very relevant. Because we're we're, we're the on the topic tale, of warlords. We're dealing yeah, with a warlord. When we get right the laugh tale, they're gonna be like, which one of the seven original um, warlords represented which one? And then we have to solve a puzzle, and that's how we get the one piece. You know, you know what you just sounded like. <laughs> you sounded like one of those, those four kids of. Th those four kids ads that that would play before some of their shows and one of them was for one piece i, I might make a tiktok of this i don't know this is this was funny this was straight up um it, it, it would be one piece trivia and it, it was um the narrator you know loopy saying hey my name's loopy and i'm gonna be king of the pirates i like my lucky straw hat and then the narrator comes on and he's like which of these characters gave Luffy his straw hat? Was it Usopp, Shanks, or Sonic? <laughs> you oh have to my decide. Because Sonic was on four kids, Sonic X. So that was funny. I don't know. Nino reminded me of that. He was asking questions like it was trivia. I don't know why you thought of that, but I am not a fan of those four kids little interlude commercials <laughs> at all. Like, I could do without You don't, you don't like when Yami Yugi... Uh... Told you not to do drugs, or I, or or when that character from Winx Club sang the national anthem. That no, absolutely Listen, not. If we need to do a podcast one day on <laughs> Winx Club, that was my shit. Oh, oh absolutely not. No, 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 no. We draw the line. We draw nope. the line at Sailor Moon, and that's where it ends. Goodness, the homophobic. Winx Club. Homophobic. There's no way. Not homophobic. homophobic. Not homophobic. <laughs> Not at all. It has nothing to do. Oh, that's funny. Look, um, goodness. Sidetracked Shin back on track. Uh 
because we're, we're wrapping things up for part one. Uh, let's just leave off with Brooke gives him a stash of salt to go battle the zombies. And But before he parts ways, uh, we learn that Frankie asked him one. He's like, you left out something of your story. Uh, and we'll come back to it as far as to what he told him. Uh, but let's just say I left Frankie in tears because Frankie's a big softy. Uh, hilarious because like uh, you got Robin like, why'd you ask him that? And <laughs> he's just like, shut up. <laughs> I love that skeleton. <laughs> and we will come to love him too because it's a yes. very heartwarming story. It's a very heartwarming story. But we also leave Brooke. He meets Ryuma who has his shadow. Right. So they are going to have a confrontation and uh, more on that later. But the last bit, we get Moria taking his generals to the freezer. And it's like, oh, this is a big freezer. This ain't just some like small time freezer to put your holiday ham. This is a walking ginormous freezer and he's carrying luffy shadow all the while luffy shadow's like struggling in his hand it's helpless uh, it's very helpless and he introduces them to his i guess his ultimate warrior who's gonna lead his zombie army uh the devil himself oars awesome the berserker warrior they call the beast dun, dun, dun. it just feels like all the cliffhangers oda intended just for the dun 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 music to play after it dun, <laughs> oh for dun, sure for sure then... this was definitely one of those yes Ooh, he must be powerful oh, well he's a giant and he's been preserved and he, he's not just any dun. giant he's like a devil giant well thing. he's the I, only giant we've seen that looks like this he has horns coming out of his head yeah, yes this is, this is something completely different and apparently yes. he's like a i mean he was a tyrant i mean not the tyrant like kuma but he, he was he was a troublemaker he was a troublemaker when he was alive he had problems and he needed to be stopped i think he was alive like what 500 years ago or something um a long no, yeah, time yeah, ago they live a long time yeah yeah uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, I don't think we get much on Oars after this. Like, in terms of backstory, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he was a giant from centuries ago. Yeah, right. We don't really learn much about him, but I think <laughs> the scene, so he goes and he puts Luffy's shadow in. I think this is a great place to end it. He starts waking up and uh, he starts defrosting. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth, someone go ahead, say it. You say it. You like impersonations. You did oh, a Gecko well, Moria. Well, it's a it's a it's a really fun one because it's like it's Luffy's voice actor, but she takes it down like a bunch of octaves. Uh so she's like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. hungry. <laughs> he is hungry. It's, it's, but it's, it's Luffy. It's Luffy. 
It's literally. It's funny. That's why it's so funny. He starts calling out for Sanji. He's like, give me some food. And everyone's like, who's Sanji? <laughs> who's he talking about? Well, no, no, about? he says it. He's like, no, I, he, he says it. Yeah. The right, Lord, right. Says he's it. like, huh? Who's Sanji? <laughs> and then at one point, he's like, guys, look on I don't know. I don't know what the king of the pirates is, but I want to be it. I love this. This I love funny. it too. It's... I think I think once Ors came into the picture, I I kind of woke up with this arc. I was like, all yeah. right, I, I am invested in this because now Ors is in it. Gecko Moria is now in it, and I can pay attention <laughs> to what is going on. Um, this is where Thriller Bark gets unmid. It unmids itself. Yeah, this is the turning point. This is the turning point. This it is gets into the yeah. deep side of Yeah, it. this is this right. is a good this is a good cutoff point, I believe. Like from here, yeah, just it uh it raises the stakes and yeah, we start getting some good stuff. That we do, that we do. Um and uh yeah, I mean it gets better from here. I I'm excited to get into the second half of Thriller Bark, especially the ending of Thriller Bark. Actually, I shouldn't be excited because nothing happened in the ending of Thriller Bark. What am I saying? Nothing happened at the end. <laughs> uh nothing but, happened, right. Exactly. But um yeah, there you have it, folks. There's our first or I guess our part one of Thriller Bark. Um we underestimated this arc as we do every arc in one piece. And we have to split this into two segments. Uh, but we wanted to take our time with Thriller Bark. We, we tried to skip the fluff and, and we really did. And there was still a lot to talk about, like good, meaningful stuff to deep dive in part one of Thriller Bark. But as you know, where we left off from here on out, we'll be covering the oars battle. Uh, we'll be covering Luffy versus Moria, the crew versus Moria. Uh, the crew versus oars and um, everything everything that happens with uh, a certain warlord that appears as well. It's not just a one that, warlord show. Everything that didn't happen with that warlord. Everything that did not happen. Mm. It's like he never existed in this arc. Exactly. Good stuff. Well, folks, that's what we have to say about part one of Thriller Bark. Let us know what you all think about Thriller Bark in the comments below, wherever you're listening to us on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, at the Yonko Table. Let us know what you think about Thriller Bark. Is it is it something that we're missing here that we should be really invested in with this first half? Or is Thriller Bark just, you know, one of those arcs that Oda was kind of just dragging his feet along until, you know, he really he realized, hey, it's time to pick up the pace. We got great stuff coming after Thriller Bark and towards the end of Thriller Bark. Let us know what you all think. But with that, everyone, that's it for tonight. I'm your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, fellow Yonko Grandmaster Hoop, and Supernova's Nino Desplazado and Comic Chris. Signing off. Take care. <laughs>